Hey, welcome back to Jake Breaks and Hot Takes. This is episode three, and we're uh, still kind of just talking amongst ourselves and doing a few ramblings and whatnot. Um, uh, Richard's uh, just recently just brought something up really interesting to me, and uh, we need to tell everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about relationships last time, and we were talking today. It would probably be good to talk about your relationship with yourself and things like, you know, self-sabotage or... Uh, how we interact with others because of how we view ourselves and how we kind of, we stay in the same situation because we view ourselves a certain way or we identify with a certain group, sometimes to our detriment. Yeah, and um, and trying to change those is are hard things to do. Is just, A lot of the times it's, uh, you don't even recognize the pattern and a lot of people don't don't know that. And I've, plenty of jobs I've, self, I've self-sabotaged on. Um, most recently when I worked at UST and I've, uh, self-sabotaged that when I went and flattened my boss's tire because he came at me professionally. I know. Okay. I know. Uh, but, um, the, it, it was a dumb thing. I was just, I just couldn't do it no more and I just completely self-sabotaged what I was doing and it was a mistake on my part. And then I got into trucking, and I realized with trucking, the best thing for me was not being around people. I'm not a team player. No, for me, I since I was little, I've always been very critical of myself and what I viewed as failure. And my first two real jobs in life was uh, trying personal training. And that, at the time, you know, I liked to work out. I didn't really have a direction. It seemed like a good idea. I enjoyed the material. I enjoyed studying for it. But when I actually got it, I found that I really did not have a sociable enough personality, kind of like you. I, I do things by myself. I enjoy being by myself and trying to... Because you essentially, as a personal trainer, you have to be an external source of motivation. And my life wasn't going good at the time. I didn't really have anything to be happy about. So how could I bring this, this energy and this happiness yeah, exactly. to someone else whenever... You know, on a personal level, I didn't really have a sense of identity. I was obsessed with trying to make money and, and to provide for myself. And, and which also, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, but I will say this. Now that I, I've moved on, we'll go back to where I was and kind of the downward spiral. But on the positive uptick, right now I'm studying things that I personally enjoy. That their money is still there. It's something that I can make a comfortable living with. But that is means something much more personally to me. Because after I got out of the personal training, the second thing I did was real estate. Because you could make a lot of money in real estate. Oh, and I had yeah. a cousin. And this kind of goes back to the mental health. I, w- I was in a low episode. And she just kind of casually suggested, because she was very good at real estate, that, oh, you want to try real estate. So six weeks later, I'm a realtor. I, I got a job here. And um, what they don't tell you and what most people don't realize is you don't make money in real estate until you sell something or you represent a side or a buyer. In six months, I only sold three properties and barely made $4,000. Felt like that was coming off of not making a whole lot as a personal trainer. And for two years, I really, I just, I stopped. I, uh, I was just drinking all the time, I had a, you know, welfare because I was down, yeah. and uh, I couldn't hold a job. It, it was bad, and I felt like a failure. I really did. And what right before that, 
I tried getting into a cybersecurity program, got into the cybersecurity program, washed out. And at that point, that was the lowest. I failed wow. three times that, in a row. That's brutal because I know how excellent you are with computers. In the span of like two years, yeah, because I was 20 when I, when I washed out of that program. From 18 to 20, I had tried three things, failed. And at that point, I was so low on myself that I was just, I thought I was never going to be anything at, at that point. And I, I tied so much of my self-worth to succeeding at something that by the third, each time I failed at something, instead of taking it as an opportunity to look at myself, because I kept going into things that I really was not suited for or would not have been a good fit for me, but because my priorities were just, I got to make money. I got it. And it was really, I used, I got to make money as an excuse not to address very clearly my deteriorating mental health, how unhappy I was, how, how poor of a sense of self I had. And I had such a horrible... Well, that's because you're a man. You know, you got to keep trudging on. That's exactly it. And that's kind of... because how bad it gets. I come from the South, and in, in that society, we do. We have the very stereotypical masculine thing. I remember being told, uh, you know, you're a boy. You don't cry. Walk yeah. that shit off. You know? And you get two broken legs, walk it off. Exactly. <laughs> and while I agree, there is a merit in having the ability to process difficult situations and kind of take yourself out of there. It can also be taken to an extreme that's not healthy where you can use it as almost an excuse to justify never having to actually process your emotions. You just, no, I'm a man. This is all I do. I just, I sit here, I go to work, I make money, I provide for my family. And, and that is a very simplistic way to look at it. Exactly. Too. And uh, that's where a lot of people don't understand the, that's where some those toxic behaviors do come from. Yes, we all need to make money. Yes, we want to make money. But we need, but we need to make what we in try to try to make what you make money on enjoying. Like I used to have this obsession and and um I measured by my success to my dad's success. My dad's making over six figures and I'm going, that's what I need to make to make him proud of me. That's what I need to make to show him how much of a man I have become. And you see, talking about your relationship to your dad, for me, I was trying to take care of my mom and my sister at the time. And uh, I realize now that I could have handled that far better. I could have, if I'd have been healthier mentally, we had enough of a cushion. I could have went to school, got an education in what I really wanted to do. But going back to my self-esteem, I didn't feel like I was good enough to do what I wanted to do. So I settled. And that's kind of how self-sabotage starts. And then I've realized you shouldn't feel like a failure if something doesn't work out. If you tried and you just weren't a good fit for it, that's not a reflection of your worth. Or anything else. Yeah, it was just, just something that wasn't meant for you. I'll take, um, I've had plenty of jobs where I would always work the most hours, hardest worker. Like when I worked at Chipotle, I worked there for three years, 60 plus hours a week, and I never became a kitchen manager. I've had all my friends who I trained became kitchen managers. And I never got, got the opportunity because I wasn't seen. Bless you. Thank you. But I was never seen as that person who could have that authority. I don't know if it was just it was just who I am, or if I wasn't just good enough. And then I get I left that job, went to a different job, same thing. I just wanted couldn't do it. When I was at USD, I was trying to become a lead driver for what, over a year. Yeah, and I kept on getting past the people who just no. And even our boss, he literally to me, he'd say, "I am never making Zach lead driver. He's a good driver. He does his job well, but he's not." 
a right fit for that part of things. Yeah, and I and I never really took the time to realize to myself like to really go, okay, you know what, this isn't meant for me. Let me try something different. Because I was just sitting there just trying to hit a nail with a screwdriver. It, it doesn't work. No. And um, I know for me, when I got down like that, um, UST was actually a good one because it was a manual labor job. And it was, it, was low, it was a come as you are job. I didn't have to put on this facade that I thought I needed to be sociable in, no, in a more we office. All shitty people. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was literally if you had a pulse and you could breathe and you weren't a complete fuck up. Yeah, as long as you didn't have a murder sheet, murder on yeah. your on your rap sheet, you were good. Drugs, fine, don't yeah. care. Pass the piss test. No, and if you're struggling, the one thing I'd encourage anybody is sometimes find something that's low stress that will accept you where you are now. And start trying to see what you want out of life for yourself. Separate it from a measure of success or anything else. Just try to think, and not what will make me happy, but what is something that I truly enjoy doing that helps me be a better version of myself. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, I was gonna bring me to a question. I was gonna ask you is like, what if that? What if you are already like in that point of being success successful? And you're providing rather well for yourself, but you can't afford to take that job change or slow down from where you're at. What would you? What What could you do about it? Because we've come up from going through the ranks and just getting better jobs. What about yeah. the guy who's making a hundred thousand, living everyone sees as his best life, and he's like, "I'm the most miserable human being in the world." It's funny because this is kind of what started to change me. Is I read an article where this guy was a Wall Street trader made over a million a year and he was going to take he worked 18 hours a day six days a week had a wife she was a country club you know she was spending his money for him because he never had time and he got approached for an offer where it was going to be a major pay cut they could only give him 500,000 but he would actually be in the role of getting to create something that he actually enjoyed doing and managing it and we told his wife look you know We'll still have plenty of money. It's just going to be a pay cut, but it, it makes me happy. I want to do this. She divorced him. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. He, he was better because he still took the job. And he even said he was so much happier doing what he wanted to do, making less, as long as it still meets your needs. Now, for me, because I've been stuck in jobs before, same reason. I have a certain amount of money that I have to have just to live as a baseline. And I, actually... Part of what motivated me to get help and to get off of Amazon was what they were paying me was slightly less than even living very frugally than I needed. So it was kind of a wake-up call. I will say this. If you have had a streak of failures, let's say, get any little thing that you can at least feel positive about, because I did. That was the first job that I kind of... It was an environment where I could meet people that, like, I met Zach there. I'm still friends with Zach. I'm friends with a couple of people from there. It was a very supportive environment in a weird way. Yeah, I think that really because all of us, I mean, I'll have to say the original crew, we all came from really shit places. It was very much, you and know. instead of us, we were, I think, on the ad on top of that, yeah, some of them still stayed, stayed shitty, but... Generally, we created an environment that we 
made ourselves better. Well, and, and I, I think that's the human condition is automatically to try to better ourselves, not just sit there and wallow in your own shit. Yeah, and it was good for me because I had kind of got it in my head that this was going to be my life, you know, from now on. And I was 21 years old, and then I'd be riding with 54-year-olds, and I realized these guys had my same mentality, and they had just been doing it for 30 more years than me. And it was sad. Yeah, it, I didn't that, want to be is that. that. What you want to become? Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, I will say this: once I started doing what I needed to do, I have been far more successful. And when I finally found a job that vibed with me, I, I got promotions pretty very quickly, uh, pay raises, all this. I'm doing so much better, making significantly more money, about double. And it's just been addressing. The parts of myself that I didn't want to see. The parts of myself that I thought were either a, a weakness or a failure. And having to to do a, a personal inventory where you look at things and how you react to things. And then they're going, is this the way I want to continue to react to this situation? Is this getting me what I want? And most of those behaviors were not. And it, it, it gets very overwhelming when you first start. And the thing I will say is... Just pick one thing, one little, not not big, not a big personality thing, but just one thing. Like if you procrastinate a lot, just pick one thing that you're not going to procrastinate anymore. For me, I had a big anxiety around paying my bills. So I would just, instead of, yeah, exactly. Instead of saying, oh, I'm going to pay all my bills on time. I said to myself, the bill that gave me the least anxiety was the cheapest one was my water bill. I always knew I could pay my water bill. So every, the first check, every month, I paid my water bill because it was something I could do and it made me feel good. And yes, started you, doing, were what, you were drinking a lot when yes. you were paying your bills. Yes, I was. <laughs> it was that bad for you. Yes, and it, it begins a cycle because I felt like a failure. I had anxiety because bills coming in I wasn't making enough to truly pay them all off. It was literally, I didn't pay but the bare minimum on my gas and my electric during the winter months because in Pennsylvania, they can't shut you off from, what is it, April to, or November to April? I actually had no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I no, had no idea because I've always, I've always had it, it was an apartment where those were covered. Yeah. When, at that time. Yeah. Or I was in a house that took care of that. Yeah. But I will say this. If you feel like you're suffering from mental health and you can't or you don't have the tools to deal with it yourself, I strongly encourage getting help because that's what really was the start of my path on being able to do better is recognizing whenever those feelings of anxiety are greater than normal. If you want to try, because I wanted to be normal, I wanted to lead a successful life, successful by my own metric. But I did not have the tools to do that. And it wasn't until I, I finally talked with a, a psychologist, and my mother was, was very good in helping me do the research because I couldn't add. When I, I hit rock bottom, I was barely functional. Okay, and, did we really talk during that time? I don't think we did. No, no, I didn't talk to anybody. Because, yeah, you disappeared for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And um, the first three months were really rough, but it was the little things like... Um, that with paying that one bill on time and being honest with myself but not critical of myself. 
Like, I remember the first time I really thought to myself, okay, we, I have no skills. I'm unskilled labor. I'm just a, a general laborer. And instead of every time I think about that, I would feel so ashamed and I, I didn't want to deal with it. For the first time, I stopped judging myself and I said, okay, that's where we're at. But what can we do where we're at here? To f- not, not to fix that, but to be closer to where I wanted to be. Thankfully, I knew with certificate programs, I was good at getting them. I, I got my personal training certificate and my real estate certificate, both of those. Only took me six weeks, and, and I scored above the average. Now, I think a lot of people don't know about those programs, too, because I never even heard of those at all. I just figured you had to go to college for everything. Right. So what I started doing is I decided, let's try IT. It Less interaction with people, because people give me anxiety. And I had to start being honest with myself, because I wanted the, the vision I had of myself in my head whenever I was down is I wanted to be this big, successful businessman. Who you know wheels and deals? You know, I think that's a little, for a lot of people, and I think that's, I think that's considered almost in a way the American dream. It is the American dream, and too for me, I realized it was escapism, because the financial power I wanted was a proxy for the control over my life, because I felt like it didn't have control over my life. So it was a way to try to avoid having to look at myself. But get to where I wanted to be. Yeah, and, and that's why they like some millionaire, millionaires or people who really made something out of themselves are really shitty people. And those are the people who always get get a lot of times get highlighted as being, oh, they have so much success, but they're really just as a person they're shit. Yeah. And um, so I decided, okay, what could I do? I got a little networking plus certificate, and I just started looking for IT jobs, and I got a job installing. Uh, voiceover IP telephone systems for this local company that once again I was still working I was uh, about a year out of the major work on the the therapy and things like that and I had my little routine and they were respectful of that and they helped me grow and the people there were very supportive and I look at it this way if Amazon was the bottom where I, I had to start because it at least let me work on myself and they tolerated the fact that just that I showed up and that I had a work ethic was enough. They didn't care what was coming out of my mouth. They didn't care because we didn't really interact with people. Well, maybe the one time that you got everyone to have to take, uh, what was it, some type of harassment training? That wasn't me. That wasn't you? No, that was uh, the, the, uh, the lead driver, actually. Oh, that was oh. QP. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, well, but we were in a place where we could yeah. basically get it away with murder. Well, because everyone around me was unstable, so I kind of felt comfortable. And then I started one a little bit more, and the next company, they were a little more stable, the guys I worked with. So I built a, a good camaraderie with them, and I started working. And then I started to... I, I, I was studying for a better certificate in the field, and it was very difficult to study because on that job, I traveled all around the state, Sometimes I would travel over the weekend, and I was working a lot, and it was very difficult to study. So I started trying to think to myself, well, let me get a job after... Well, I should say this. I I had started to feel better about myself, and my self-esteem was becoming... Or I should say my self-image was more realistic. And after I got the certificate that should have got me in the office, because that's kind of what I was aiming for, to to start working with... um, servers, routers, actual networking equipment instead of just 
pulling cable and wiring things together, they passed me over and hired outside of the company for a position that they didn't even advertise. And it wasn't just me. Another guy was also qualified for it. And they just passed this over. And I decided, you know what? I want to use this certificate. I'm going to find a job that lets me use this because I think I've learned all I can from the job I was at. And that was the first time in my life I felt confident enough in myself and what I knew to be able to say that, okay, this has run its course. It's time to find something new. And I did. I, I found another job that is a good balance of I have even more time to study. And I have finally was at a healthy enough point to realize, you know what? I can do more because I've been good at these last couple of jobs. My bosses have been very happy with me. Maybe it's time I actually think about what I really want to do. And I took a while and uh, I decided chemistry is something I've always been interested in. I was just, I never thought I was smart enough to do it. And my new job, I can study a couple of hours every night on my job and my boss is cool with it. I've already asked him. So it's been good. Everyone knows what's going on. And at first, I was kind of bad at it. It was something I wasn't familiar with. But as I built the foundation, I've continued to get better and better at it. And I'm, I'm so much happier because I'm doing something that I really enjoy. And I'm so thankful for all the steps along the way and all the people in my life, including Zach. And uh, rock climbing was a huge thing for me. I used it at first as an ex escape from my life and an avoidance behavior and then I used it as a way to kind of gather my thoughts as I was trying to plan ahead and it has been so helpful and I never would have that's another thing uh, I know I'm bouncing around here but whenever I was down I was very isolated and there's only been a few people in my life that kept in contact with me like Zach and it, it's well, huge. That's what I was going to tell you. You're a good dude. You're just lost. Yes. And, and I'll, I'm going to mention my buddy Brandon. Yes. He's just as lost, but he's now taking steps to moderate his drinking. I told him, I was like, look, man, you don't have to quit. You just got to, in moderation. Just, well, you don't have to be a, not an alcoholic. Just moderation. Right. And he's working on, he's working on that, and his relationship's starting to improve. He only had maybe two or three drinks this weekend. I was like, dude, that's amazing considering you would drink a bottle and a half by Monday. Yeah. No, and I, I was on that fifth life, you know, three days a week. I was, don't even call me because I'm going to be passed out by, uh, I don't even remember. It's, it's been too long. <laughs> it really has. But Oh, God, yeah. No, and like, if, I, I, was, I did that same life myself yeah. whenever I was going through all my BS, and it, it's it's not a healthy way to go about it. If, and if, honestly, I think... Like Rich was being was isolated, I was pretty much isolated, and my buddy Brandon he's isolated, yeah. and um, the isolation is not good for people in general. I mean, if you look yeah. at people in jail, they isolate those people. Those people are not uh, most of them are you go insane. Yeah, they'll tell you straight out, you will go insane. No, and, and you're right. Isolation is not good. And what gets me is they have found so many times if you just treat them with respect and, and give them a place where they can work on themselves, the violence and the incidence rates in prisons go down oh, yeah. significantly. But I kind of think this is a good time, too, to bounce to another thing we kind of want to talk about, and that's culture and the culture that you kind of grow up in. And, two, for me, drinking was very normal. My, uh, my great-grandfather was an alcoholic. My grandfather was a functional alcoholic. My mother 
was an alcoholic for many years. So that was just kind of our, our coping mechanism, and that's what's normal, and no one challenges it. Yeah, whereas and, mine was more just like, uh, just pull yourself up by bootstraps, keep just chugging away at it, you'll eventually strike gold. Yeah, even if something's wrong, nothing's wrong. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, no, I no, that's exactly... I didn't even have a, a complete thought there. <laughs> no, but I was just going to go into, and, like, we were isolated, and that's bad, but something that's even worse, and I've been in this situation, is where the people around you actually po- encourage the negative behavior. Yeah, and it, it's it really sucks. And the other part is like of that question of isolation is did we want the isolation? Did we do it to ourselves? Did we push the people away? Did other people just leave because? And uh, those are all the questions that we had to face going through this crap. Yeah, we knew there was people out there that might have had our backs, but we weren't in a position to even be around those people. No, and I, I, I can't stress this enough. When you're really down, and if you know someone who's really down, and you think, oh, that asshole just isn't calling me or whatever, you're barely functional when you're that far down. And it's not that we don't want to reach out. It's just that, like, for me, I get so down. And I didn't feel like I deserve to have people around me either. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't think I was a good person and why would someone want to be around me or why would I want to inflict myself on someone else and it was people like Zach and I've had a couple of other friends that they'd make it a point to at least once a month or every couple of weeks text me call me try to engage with me because they knew I couldn't do it myself yeah and I tell you what I've um I got lucky where I kind of pulled myself but I did have help getting out of my isolation and if I didn't have those people touching base it it would not have been... It would have been bad, man. Like, I turned my entire back on my entire firehouse, and I just disappeared in nothing. No, and um, I think another thing here that we can kind of touch on, I don't want to get too deep, because this could be its own thing, is just family can be both a blessing and, and a curse. And if your family is supportive and helping you move forward and helps to hold you accountable... If you're slipping back and is doing it for you and not so they can point at you and go, hey, look, you did this, or use you as a scapegoat, that yeah. could be great. Or but, like, or, or even an add on to that, or like, oh, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me, and guilty on it. Yes. And that, that's another hard thing to, to deal with is, is oh, yeah. what is your, is the, some of the guilt that people have to deal with. Yeah. And I, I know for me, my mom had problem processing her emotions so when I started having problems she kind of almost she she didn't encourage the drinking but she enabled it because it was behavior she understood mm-hmm. instead of us both try and thankfully my mom since I've gotten sober and I've started doing this my mom has started to to talk she won't go as far as actual therapy things like that but she'll read what what I read and tries to, to put it in and it has helped her. So she has also admitted that she was wrong in this. But for her, me being emotional and being emotionally unstable was uncomfortable. But the drinking was a normal behavior. So at least she could understand that. So that was a bad dynamic. And and thankfully, we were able to work through it without me having to just completely cut my mother out of my life. But that's another thing, too, is sometimes you do have to cut some people out of your life, especially people who aren't good for you. Yeah. I'll uh, just use this as a quick example because um, you're on a really good roll. Is that um, um, my brother? He with a situation he's dealing with. 
he talked to a few of his buddies, 80% of them said, hey, this is the path you need to go. The other 20% said, no, you need to make up for this. You need to do better. And it was not a better in a positive way. It was more of a negative way. You need to worship this person. And um, and I, he was telling me about it, and I told him straight up, those 20%, cut them out of your life. They are not going to help you build into being a successful person. And that's when people tell and that's why I've come, I finally come to understanding why people said surround your people with surround yourself with people of success of success, and and that's me realizing like they don't have to be making more money than me. They don't need to be a higher class a class citizen or even higher on the social. They have to be people really pushing for to be the best versions of themselves and a positive version of themselves. And if you surround yourself with people like that, you'll ultimately become that success. Well, and I think a great example of this is the reason why you and me still talk is because both of us are trying to move forward and now it, for ourselves in a healthy way. There were a lot of guys on the job that I was just as close to as I am with Zach then, but I, I don't talk to them now because they're still where they were and I'm not that person anymore. The person that used to hang out with them is gone. And I am much happier about where I am now. And it goes back to our last episode of Setting Boundaries and realizing that in order for you to continue to move forward, you have to be surrounded by people who are moving forward in a positive direction themselves and as well. Also, just it, it, and it shows to you, too, is that you have self-worth. And that's a lot of people uh, fall into, I think, a, a predicament of, of being in that shitty situation, not believing they have that self-worth and to pull themselves out of it. Well, and that's... Kind of where abusive relationships happen is one party sees vulnerability and the other one just doesn't feel like they're good enough to leave. So it's like, well, no one else will love me. So this person, at least, when they're not abusing me, shows me the minimal amount of affection. Yeah, and then we take that as a win and then it's like, all right, she does love me. I can't believe it. And then it just perpetuates the same cycle over and over until something becomes not enough or she, that person doesn't give the minimum requirement that gets gets you what yep. you need and um and then it just it, then you start seeing for what it really is and i think a lot of people too don't see or know what like red flags are or even see what patterns of behavior aren't good for it's you. like people will take on the blame for behaviors that they didn't start like how many times have you heard a housewife that that her husband keeps beating her but uh she just it's my fault it's my fault because he wouldn't beat me if I wasn't so bad. Yeah, and, and that's completely not true. And it seems like it's something so common to say. But it's more of a psychological thing because of the person's perceived value of themselves. That's exactly it. And two, I don't know how to articulate this because once you get past that and you have a healthier self-image and self-esteem, you sit there and you look at someone in a relationship like they're like, how could you possibly think that way? But you get so low down and you think you are so worthless like well who would love at least they love me exactly and you're willing to put up with anything yeah. at that point and it, it's a horrible thing because you, it, like you said you can be in a horrible situation of abuse you can be just used uh, you, you're a sh- like I said before in a previous episode you become a shell of what you are and then and like that's not good for anybody no no, but I think, you know, if you want to talk on some of this, because I know you went through a lot of different, not only just jobs, but kind of, ooh, that might be a good one, how you viewed yourself through all this stuff. Yeah, uh, of course. I like When I uh, worked at Chipotle for those three years, that was, to me, that was my big identity. 
And um, I really thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I know how to, I learned how to use a knife. I know how to cut food. I know how I'm to a chef it. now. I'm a chef. I can do it. What up? What up? <laughs> and um, my, uh, I finally ended up getting fired because um, what happened was I went with my ex-wife down to Virginia because she got an internship. So I said, you know what? I'll take these three months off. I'll, and then at the time, I thought my perceived value, I thought I was a fucking legend, dude. I thought I was the cast meow. I was on, I thought I was on top of it. So when I came back after that period of time, and I started, oh, I started talking smack left and right. Who the fuck do you think you are? And at one point, um, my manager pulled me out. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And just trying to, and then I got into a fight with him, a full-on fist fight, because I was just so wound up all the time, and that came back to like my anxiety because I didn't pay bills for three months. I was in debt, another like twelve thousand dollars. It, it was wild, and uh, but. My boss finally said, I need to let you go. He let me quit. He left me in the system. He's like, you need to figure your shit out. And I loved my boss at the time, and I, I, I still respect him to this day. But after that, I went two years, just job after job after job. And then I just worked side hustles. Never really made any money, never claimed taxes. And I, like one job, I lasted eight hours. Eight hours, and you know me. I, what job have I ever lasted eight hours on? And and it was just because I was so convoluted with the concept of working at Chipotle and where I thought I was as a person, and I started blaming all these other people and why I couldn't work there or why their food wasn't as good or their food was. Oh, they had all these violations. It wasn't that. It was I never looked at myself going. I need to change. Because I went two years and then I what happened? I fell into video games, um, and then that became my life. I mean, I, I was playing video games 10, 15 hours a day, and after that, I mean, I finally started getting back into the workforce again. And again, shit jobs, so, um, stuff I didn't really want to do. It's just stuff I had to do to make um try to make meets end, and I was still not in a good relationship with that, and that's why I've 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 come as far as I have now because I've finally been able to look at myself critically um, that was my biggest thing I never was able to take a serious look at myself I identified myself as what I worked what I did and I think that is a big factor for a lot of people and uh, with that in mind is yeah I was a firefighter I and I worked as a as a chef I'm not even a chef I didn't even go to culinary school as a cook and a lot of people tie that into themselves. That's who they are. And yeah, I was young at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing. But if... I want to say if I knew better, but that's not even the right thing to say for it. I think if I learned this stuff beforehand, and again, and then that comes back to the whole nature versus uh, nurture, and I got to remind myself, my dad raised me to his best abilities, what he was able to give to me and provide to me. The rest was up to me. And that was where I failed at because I was lazy. And um, a lot of people don't understand that. And that's why I don't blame video games. But I use that, again, as an avoidance, as an escape. Because I didn't know how to deal with it. My dad didn't know how to deal with it. He just, just go and do it. This is what he's done. Like, I remember the first fight I got in school. The only fight I ever did. And um, I, my dad had to tell me, it's okay to fight. Because I was so petrified that I would be in trouble. Because I didn't want to be in trouble. I wasn't that kid. He says, the only thing he told me is just 
don't get your ass whooped. Because <laughs> that means I gotta whoop your ass when you come home. Yep. Yep. But it, it's that preparation of fear, and um, and then you just try to be avoid avoid that fear. Yep. And I thought I was this fearless person because oh, I run into burning buildings. I'm a badass. I broke your car windows. And all that was was a compensation to what I was trying to avoid and trying to not to show why I was scared, not look at myself. That's why now, if I look at going back into firefighting, I could do it. It's not my calling. Because I, at first, I was like, man, I would love to go fight wildland firefighters. I would love to go out California. Drop me in the middle of that. And all it is is because I don't want to deal with life. But if I'm perpetuating life as a badass, as this top dog, in a way that, for me, it was like, I can make a shit ton of money. I'm perceived a badass. I can get a woman, any woman of my choice. Because now I'm using my job as my perceived value. Not my value of myself as a human. Um, I hope that was what you were looking for. No, it I was. What you it, asked. No, that, that that was exactly just like you say. You you use the job or these personas, the way we present ourselves as the actual person. And for me, for a very long time, I never wanted to deal with when I was younger, feeling weak and powerless and small and like. A, and that's the thing when you're young, you are. Yep. And. That comes out to our environment of what we know and what we learn. Yeah. And what, because, you know, I was taught to just repress emotions, repress things. Don't, don't even just, deeper, bury it deeper. Don't worry about it. Every time I was confronted with stress and things like that, that's what I default to. I go back to, to, to seeing myself like I'm this, you know, three-year-old again. And it wasn't until I finally had to look at myself and why I kept going back there and process it in a healthy way and realize that, no, I'm a grown person now. I get to choose what happens to me. And it, it was a process. It took me a long time. And that's one thing I really hope, like, when people do, when, if people, when people are listening to this, is us, we're older, you're you're a lot younger than me. You you got me by. I'm 34, going on 35, and um, you're what? 25, going 25, on 26. And you're learning this stuff now. Can you imagine if you're 18 or 16 hearing this? Yeah. And I I wish I knew half this stuff when I was even 18. No, and I think the biggest problem when you're you're younger, because this was me, you feel like you have to, you know, the whole eat the horse thing, or how do you eat an elephant? And everyone tells you one piece at a time. You think, oh, no, you've got to do, it's all or nothing. You know, you got to be all in. And you don't realize that when you're starting something, and especially with patterns of behavior and habits, the smaller you start and the more sustainable you start, the further reaching it will be. Because just that starting on paying that one bill, and that was able to check off that part of my anxiety and to move on from there. And then you start adding a little bit more, and you start to, take control over your life in a way that you're living it for you and not how people see you. And two, a big thing with me is I don't have a lot of uh, mental stamina where I have to take a lot of breaks and things like this and, and work takes a lot out of me. And I used to resent that. I used to think, oh no, I should be able to just crank it out. You know, if somebody could do it, then I can do it. And it hasn't been till the last couple of years 
that I finally realized you got to do things at your own pace. Yeah, and and trying to compete with that other person doesn't really always do you good. Well, no, because that person's not you. Exactly. You have to, in a way, you have to compete with yourself if you want to improve yourself. Yep, and knowing what is something that, oh, I am just feeling lazy today, I need to go do it, and what is a, okay, I really do need to take a break because I'm I'm really tired. Yeah, you're burnt out. Yeah. And burnout does happen. It's It's a common thing. I mean, I mean, when I come home at the end of the week, there's times I'm like, I tell Tabs, it's like, I can't do nothing. Yep. There's times I take a third day off. No, I'm going to take a hit and pay going, I need that third day. I am done. Yep. No, and that's another thing I had to learn is I always would put things off, like my cars. Oh, my God, even your cars. Yes, yes. I, uh, <laughs> it, it, I did have to I remind you, tried to kill me. With your fumes, multiple times. Yeah, well, it didn't have mufflers. It it, it didn't have mufflers. Because I, I think because before you got the Firebird, I told you, I was telling you, was like let's go, let, let's go, me and you, and then you still decided you, you made the choice to go with JT. Oh God, yeah, it was to get a three thousand dollar piece of garbage. Yeah. Like yeah. this time around, I'm glad you came with me. Yes, I'm glad I came with cars. you because you know it. This car is... So, the, so between the homeboy JT and the car you got, and then when you went with me and the car you got, what would you say are the... Well, in fact, it runs better. What would you say were the differences between the peoples? Well, I, I will say this. At the time, me and JT were very close because neither one of us was stable individuals. And JT, not really a father figure, but he he's a charismatic guy. you know, And he was very assertive, and that appealed to me. But then it's always funny whenever you stay with people because then I got to see the behaviors in his life that he kept perpetuating. Like, he could not keep a relationship. Every time he'd meet a good woman that was positive for him, going back to self-sabotage, the minute it started to get serious and it looked like, you know, this could be a healthy relationship, I think the intimacy scared him and he just nuked the thing. All of a sudden, he goes from, you know... He didn't really put women on pedestals, but treating them respectfully, caring about them, listening to them, to also, oh no, you're a bitch, you're a hoe, you're never gonna this and that, and just completely pushing this person away. Because I think he was scared, because he had tied a lot of his identity. that also ties into uh, your own culture as well, what you grew up around, what you identify as. Yes, because the males in his family were very abusive. Well, not only that, but he's straight up ghetto ghetto man. He's the homeboy. Yeah. He is straight up an OG. Yeah, and actually affiliated, yeah. Which, you're right, going back to your culture, you perpetuate it, and I didn't want to be that either. I saw that I needed to really make the change now and do the hard stuff because I didn't want to be in my 50s having never really had anything I wanted in life and just that's nothing when people tell you to compromise I don't think you should ever compromise I think if you really take a look at something and it's really what you want to do you need to realistically make a plan and just a series of small steps what is the smallest step that I can perform now that gets me a little bit closer to what I really want. And instead of compromising, like, for example, if you're in a relationship and you're only with this person because it's convenient or because you think they're the only person who could love you, you need to really look and see, is that just your perception and this person really is a great person that if you felt better about yourself, the relationship would be better? 
Exactly. That's um, one thing I have. Whenever I talk to my brother, sometimes I, I try to bring that point up to him. Is if you look at your entire relationship, has this net positive for you, or has this been more of a negative? And I'm like, and honestly, if you need to write down a pros and cons mm-hmm. list, if those cons outweigh the pros, no. hit the bricks. No. no, and it some relationships can start out. In a bad place, like let's say an en- yeah. an enabler, but they're doing it from not a place of, of malicious intent, but that's just some people are raised to be doormats, you know. Yeah. And maybe you've realized your behavior is bad through realizing that you really do care about this person, and the way you've been treating them makes you feel bad. But they just take it because they don't know how to set boundaries either. There is a time that if you really do care about this person, they really care about you, you can both start setting down and trying to find those healthy dynamics. Help each other yeah, work. And then even and then if you both start doing that, I mean, doesn't mean the relationship may work, may mean it does, but you guys will come to a much better understanding about yourselves and yeah. what you guys both want in life. And if it means you gotta separate, then you know, let bygones be guy bygones, give each other a hug, say, Hey, it was good while it lasted. Or if it does work out when you're together, give yourselves a hug and have the greatest sex of your life. Yeah. but And that's a, a great point. Don't feel like you need to stay together because you two could have met each other at a down point in both of your lives. And through happenstance, instead of it becoming a toxic and abusive relationship, you are able to help each other. But I firmly believe relationships, sometimes they've just reached the point where you're not going to get anything more out of them. And for both your sakes, you're better off amicably. Just realize that thank you for what you've done for me and separating. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that kind of brings us around to the, to the whole thing. Just definitely um, about just really identifying who you are and and really just being able to grow as a person, I, I think is really, I think, a good place to leave this. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is when you're thinking about yourself, look at yourself objectively but not judgmentally. Don't try to overinflate what you do, but don't get hard on yourself. You might be in an objectively shitty position, but that's not a reflection of you. And if you can look at yourself from a place of love, because if you don't love yourself, no one can make you love yeah, you. Exactly. And then on top of it, like, uh, as you were saying to recap on it, is take tiny steps, baby steps, and that is where real improvement really begins because those baby steps turn into big steps from crawling to walking to running before you know you have you're one hell of a different person than you probably knew five years ago yeah and it is going to take time that's not you just you can't get around it but get comfortable with the journey and realize it might take time too it might take even it'll take your entire life yeah because you always want to if you want to always improve it's your entire life no so I think that's a good place. We covered a lot of good ground. I Oh, yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I know, well, we're about around our usual time. So thank you for tuning in. Um, I Hopefully you will hear you uh, on the next episode. Uh, you guys have a good night. Yeah. All righty.